Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. Today, Pastor Humby Cervera will share a message with you. We hope you enjoy it. Well, Akuo, as you know, we have been having a year of learning about spiritual fruit. We learned how fruit is created way back at the beginning of the year through the Holy Spirit, and we learned all the different types of fruits there are. We also learned that we can help feed this fruit with our crappy situations, and we learned that we have a choice to listen to God and go hand it out or just keep it to ourselves. Then in the last series, we learned how the Holy Spirit allows this fruit to be shared in small communities, and now we're learning to, how to get that fruit from our small communities out to the people around us. However, we can't do that if we don't know how to treat one another. Now, not only that, no one is going to want to join our community if we can't figure out how to treat each other well. And if no one joins our community, then we won't have the people, we won't have the workers to go and spread the gospel of Jesus. That's what we've been put on this earth for. And if anyone needs to get community right, it's us, right? Because it's what we're all about here at Akuo. So much so, it's what our church's mission statement is. Akuo exists to bring people into community with Jesus and one another. And today, the community that, that I actually want to talk about and I find myself in a lot is uh, my family community. And, and with me, like, I have a, a good family community that I get to love on. I have uh, my wife, Lauren, my two kids, Jude and Cammie. Uh, then I have my parents and, and my brother and sister and then, you know, like an extended family from there. And, and what's interesting is, is how I can play, like, multiple family roles uh, in a very short amount of time, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been at my parents' house and uh, I've drifted between, like, being a parent and then going to be a child. You know, my mom will ask like, hey, can you, you go grab me that drink? Or I'll be like, hey dad, will you like hook me up with some food? Or you know, whatever, like I, I kind of get into that role. And then immediately after, I'm like cutting chicken up for my daughter or, uh, so she can have something to eat or, or getting a drink for my son because he like can't reach that stuff on, on the top over there. And it's amazing that no matter how far we get away from being a kid, we are still deeply connected to that. And then how much we're in the roles we are in now, we can kind of exist in those two different places. Now, what about you? Do you ever find yourself bouncing back and forth between being your parent's child and being your children's parents or, or being a child and being an adult? Or for those of us that don't have great relationships with our parents or our parents are no longer with us or we have spiritual children and, and parents as opposed to biological children and parents, do you ever find yourself bouncing from role to role? You see, Akuo, it doesn't matter which side of the equation we find ourselves on with this. It's incredibly important for us to live it out in the best way possible. We can't expect our community to be healthy and eventually grow if we can't even keep our most basic relationships good. We have to understand how to treat one another when we are in these roles, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Now, for some of you, you might have some issues with your parents or uh, you might not have kids, and that's okay. You can still get something from what we'll be talking about today. And we'll be getting our wisdom on this topic from the letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Last week, we talked about the different roles that are played in marriage. So it's a natural progression that we go from marriage, husband and wife, to being child and parent and understanding these roles in a family. Now, in the same way that Paul changed things up for the culture with marriage roles, he does the same thing for husbands or for parents and children. Now, if you want to follow along with us in the Bible on your own, we will be in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, if you won't be following along 
with your own Bible. No worries, we will put the scripture on the screen for you. Here's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So here you see in Ephesians 6, this is the first piece of advice that Paul has for children. Now, this might be a quick piece of wisdom, but there is actually a huge shift in thinking of the culture from this one sentence. The sheer fact that Paul is addressing children is huge during that time and in that culture because children weren't seen or thought of to even be like real people. They were a large step below how women were viewed at that time which we talked about last week and how the women were basically second-class citizens, but they were citizens. The kids weren't even seen as citizens at all. And, and you see, during that culture, the way the Roman Empire set things up was with the idea of the perfect Roman family would be a direct illustration of the way a perfect Roman society would work. At the top, you would have unquestioned authority. With the family, you have the father, and in the Roman society, you have Caesar. Then below them, there was another level of authority, but like wasn't able to fully rule, but did have some power. With the family, you see the mother, and with the Roman society, you'd have like the senators. The senators had great wealth and lots of power, but they definitely weren't going to lead the entire nation of Rome. Then you finally have the group that is under like multiple layers of authority. And with the family, you have the children. Then in the Roman society, you would have like normal basic citizens, rich and poor, and slaves. So with this setup, fathers and husbands were able to have free reign inside of their house. They did what they wanted to, when they wanted to, and they treated people however they wanted to without any recourse at all. That's how families work, in the same way that Caesar was able to do that with his nation. So Paul flipped the script for wives. They were first recognized to have a choice in the matter of being led by their husbands. That was huge. And the same thing is happening here with kids. By even addressing them, Paul is showing kids that he recognizes them as actual people and citizens in God's kingdom. Then he isn't really setting out a decree here. What Paul is doing is giving advice and explaining why following that advice would be good for these kids. Now, of course, kids had a choice in this matter the whole time. We understand that, right? Like, I'm sure we can think of a time where we were given instructions by our parents and then we did like the exact opposite thing, right? And no matter how you got to that decision, there was one thought that was probably in your head the entire time. I know better than them. I'm gonna do what I want. And we have all these conversations in my house all the time. So I love my son. He's awesome. However, my son can be a little stubborn sometimes. Sometimes he can be a little bit of a know-it-all. And he doesn't always wanna follow directions, which I get because I know exactly where he gets that from, his mother. Actually, it's just as much me, if not more of my personality, that he gets that stuff from. So I'm just kidding. But there are times that I'll, I'll tell my son, like, hey, stop doing that. And I'll be like, why? Or he'll just go, oh, man. And, and I'll have to like explain how throwing a bouncy ball in our house as hard as he possibly can next to our TV and next to like almost 100-year-old glass windows is a terrible idea. That if he breaks them, he's going to look at me and be like, sorry, that was an accident. And so I'm like, just, just go to another room where there's like no glass crazy windows or we don't have that TV in there. Like go to your, the playroom where there's a bunch of stuffed animals and they're going to, you know, stop everything. And it's through him obeying me in times like this that my son can see that listening to me can actually help him in his own life. This is the right thing to do. Like I said, this comes from me. And I had to learn this lesson on my own time and time again. 
There was a time where I was getting out of high school and going into college where I felt like I knew more than my parents. They didn't know anything. I, I didn't want any of their help, and I, I wanted to do things on my own. However, as I've gotten older, I've figured out that my parents know a whole lot. They're actually one of the first calls I make now when I need help with something. And I appreciate their life experience, and I fully submit that they know way more about this world than I know right now. And with that being said, let's look at the next thing that Paul had to say to children. Paul writes, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on this earth. So we want our kids to honor us. Well, what does that look like? And how is that any different from obeying? Well, obeying is pretty straightforward. Obeying means you do what is asked of you. Honor is a little bit different though. With honor, it's more about appreciation. Now, the New Testament's original language was, was written in Greek. It, it was originally written in Greek. So when we translate it into English, sometimes we lose some of the original meaning that Paul might have been trying to get at, but was eventually lost in translation. So the Greek word that honor is translated from is timau. And when you look at this closely, the word timau is about recognizing value in something. It's like putting a piece, a price on, on a work of art or trying to put the price on something you'd like to stick in a garage sale. So when it says to honor your father and mother, we need to look at them and appreciate the value they have shown themselves in raising us, in putting you on hopefully the right path. Now, some of you might look at your parents and how they raised you in a less than awesome way. And it's okay to look at them for who they actually are and how they actually raised you. Now, I'm not saying that you need to build a shrine for your parents that might have harmed you. I want you to honestly and objectively look at how they affected your life. Because for some of us, we, we might have this guilt for not holding our parents in the highest regard, even though they hurt us so much, even though the path they set for us was the wrong path. It's okay for us to see them for who they have been and who they are now. Now, it won't make your life better if you're trying to put them in a place where they don't belong. Now, I'm not saying that you should hold a grudge against them and hate them for, for your whole life. No, forgiveness is still the answer for you here. The anger you hold towards your parents isn't going to help you. It will only destroy you. So honoring your parents also doesn't mean putting yourself into a situation that won't be safe for you physically or emotionally. You can honor those people from afar if they are people that will harm you. So if we can honor our parents, then things will go well and we will have a good life. That's what it says, right? Paul explains that this is one of the, the Ten Commandments that was given to Moses. And, and this is what the commandment says. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So God actually made a promise to us. He explained that we can, when we can honor our father and mother, then we will have all these things happen in our lives. We also want to obey our parents because we know it's the right thing. So only good things happen when we obey and when we honor our parents. Now, some of you parents here today might be like nudging your kids, right? Y'all are watching at home and you're nudging or you're listening in the car and you're like, you see, you're listening to that? Or you might be thinking about how you are going to send them a link to this sermon, like, oh, I'll send that to my son later because he, he really needs to hear this. Well, before you do that, I want you to think about how you model this idea for your kids. 
when you interact with your parents, are you honoring them? Or do you fight with them over ridiculous stuff? When you interact with your parents, are you asked to do something and they ask you to do something? Do you obey or do you just blow them off? Or do you blow them up because you're like, how dare they ask me to get them a soda out? I'm a grown man. Now, the way you treat your parents will show your kids how they should treat you. But your father and mother aren't the only parents we need to be thinking about. I know that you can age out of being told what to do by your parents, but you also have a heavenly father. You're always a child. A father that if we listen, we can hear all kinds of great things to do with our lives. And some of us will listen to God, but not do what he wants us to do. Some of us will be so into ourselves that we never even hear what God is asking us to do. And some of us will hear whatever we can do for God, and then we just straight up rebel against what he told us to do. When God tells us to do something, do we do it? I mean, just think about the series that we've gone through. Over the last seven weeks, we've been talking about how God wants us to treat one another. He doesn't want us to cancel each other. He wants us to create a connection culture. He wants us to create harmony in our community. He wants us to be humble, gentle, and patient. He wants us to speak about loving truth and grow in Christ. And he wants us to, to submit and lay our lives down for one another. Have you been listening to this? And have you been able to do all of these things? Or did you just hear what was said and it just went in one ear and out the other? And now you're doing your own thing. As parents, we understand what it's like to tell our kids to do something for their own good. And then we understand the frustration of watching them do the exact opposite of what we just said. You actually don't have to be a parent to understand someone doing the exact opposite of wise counsel you just gave them. So let me ask this. Let me ask all of us this. Are we being good children for our Heavenly Father? Are we honoring Him? And how are we supposed to expect our kids to do something that we don't do very often for our Heavenly Father? How are we supposed to expect our kids to do something that we refuse to do? It's not enough for us to just speak the right things. We have to do the right things for our people. Now imagine that God is going to do to you what you do to your kids when they refuse to listen. If it was me, God would get real loud with me. God would follow me around until I got the thing done that he asked me to do. And that's not something that I want. I don't want God to do that to me. And actually, as, as I've been putting this together, I don't want to do that to my kids anymore. So as parents, how are, how are we supposed to lead our kids? What's the right way? Well, Paul explains that too. Here he writes, Parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You see, in the same way that Paul explained that there was care to be taken from the husband-wife relationship, he's doing the same with the parent-children relationship. So as parents, we don't just get to do whatever we want. When we're in charge, there's, there's more burden put on us, which was, again, a huge departure from what the culture of the time had said. Parents were in charge and children were just along for the ride to blindly listen to their parents. So parents, we have a huge responsibility in this part of our community. When it comes to dealing with our kids, we have to treat them fairly. 
We can't be looking to get a rise out of them because we're upset that they failed us. We can't keep poking them and poking them to provoke the right reaction to this thing that they just failed at. When our kids step out of line, it's not about that. What we are called to do is bring them up with discipline and instruction, but not like any kind of discipline, not a harsh discipline and instruction, but the kind that comes from God, the kind that fills us and strengthens us, which brings us back to all those questions I just asked. How does God discipline you? When you step out of line, does God slap you across the back of the head? Does God follow you around and yell at you? Or does God keep quiet and then wait until the right time to throw that mistake right in your face? Of course not. We're shown the right path. We're loved and we're strengthened. And this is how we're supposed to show our kids instruction and discipline. As a matter of fact, we've gotten the best example of what it looks like to follow our parents and to be a parent. We have the best example that we could ever have been given when we see Jesus near the end of his life. You see, Jesus understood what he was going to need to do. He understood that he was going to have to lovingly sacrifice his life for all of us. And Jesus understood the pain and suffering that he was going to have to go through on our behalf. And as the time got closer, the dread of what he was going to have to take on creeped up on Jesus. So he went on his own to go and talk with his father. This is what Jesus had to say. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus knew what was coming. And he didn't want to bear it. Jesus is hoping that there's like some sort of outside shot that he won't have to go through with taking on the sins of the entire world. But in the end, Jesus wanted to do the will of his father. Walking away from his father's will would, would not have been the right thing. It was God's will for things to go down like this. So walking away from his will would not have been good. So, so think about it like this. If us earthly parents were, were sitting at the dinner table, and our kids look at the dinner that was just made and go, hey, uh, mom, dad, uh, instead of eating this, could I just like eat candy? I mean, I'll do what you want, but candy would be really nice, way better than this. How would you react to your children questioning you like this? Well, look at how God reacts to Jesus' question. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened Jesus. So instead of God the Father, having a long discussion about the benefits of Jesus laying down his life. Instead of God the Father being like sarcastic with Jesus to make a point. Instead of God the Father yelling at Jesus about even asking that question. God sent Jesus exactly what he needed. An angel to show up and help his son out. This is what the child-parent relationship is supposed to look like. Children obeying and honoring, and parents showing love without angering, but strengthening children along the right path. And it was a less than a day after this that Jesus went up on the cross and gave up his life for us. So we could enter into his family. So we could be loved by the same father that loved him. So we could no longer feel like orphans in this world 
And so we could finally experience what the best family could be. Now, for some of you, you've been listening to me talk about this ultimate parent-child relationship, and you're looking at it from the outside. You've never actually gotten started with this with Jesus. You aren't in community with Jesus at all. And if that's you first, I'd like to thank you for being a part of this conversation we're having today. The second thing is, I want to give you an opportunity to join our community if that's something that you're interested in. So to be in community with Jesus, all you have to do is simply have a conversation with him, which we would call a prayer. Then you just let Jesus know that you believe in him and what he did here on this earth the best way you possibly can. Now what we're going to do is we, we want to help you out to, to experience this. So what I'm going to ask uh, everyone in our Akuo community is, is to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. There is always a community here to pray for you and be by your side. So if you want to connect to Jesus today, just bow your head right now and pray something along like this with me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you have done for me and everything that you will do for me. Today, I say that I believe in you and I believe in everything that you've done for me. Jesus, right here, right now, I ask for you to speak into my life. Help me follow you the best way I know how. Amen. Let's just keep our heads bowed and whether you've been a believer for five decades or the last five seconds and you want to get help with being able to be a good parent and be a good child. Pray something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the example that you set for us while we were here on this earth. Jesus, help me be better. Help me be a better parent to the kids that you have entrusted me with, both the biological and spiritual children. And help me be a better child to my parents, spiritual and biological. Help me be a better child to you. Help me be someone that can give grace to my children and my parents all the time. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, guys, thank you for spending some time with us today. Before we go, uh, just let me get you some very important information that, that we need to talk with you about. So over the last few weeks, we've been urging you to connect with us and our community. And one of the easiest ways to do that is by joining one of the community groups that we have going here at Akuo. And we have a handful of community groups that started just last week. So if you're interested in being a part of one of those, you can go to our website or our social media and then click on the community groups link to get signed up. There are currently six different groups that you can be a part of. And one that I want to highlight this week is called the Deco Group. They meet up every single Monday night and they have a great group of people that you could build community with. So if you're looking for a community that is looking to seek opportunities to serve the, the local neighborhood, to serve the community around us as a reflection of God's transforming love, then this is the one that you want to be a part of. And they are saving a seat for you. If maybe that's not the right group for you, it could be a different one. Either way, 
We want you to spend some time looking at these communities because this might be the most important thing you ever do here at Akuo is join one of these communities. Now, speaking of community, we have big plans for our greater community coming up just next month. So for the second year in a row, we will be hosting a trunk or treat here at our church. Last year, we were able to hand out more than 7,200 pieces of candy to 345 trick-or-treaters spread across more than 150 families. It has been one of my favorite things that we have done to link to our community up to this point. Now, if you're interested in being a part of this, we would love to have you join in with us. You could help us with making sure cars get in and out of our parking lot safely. You could have your own trunk available to hand out candy. You could help us set things up and tear them down. You could help us wrap bags of candy. You could donate candy or put money towards the supplies that we will need for this event. To sign up for any of these things, you can go to our website or you can go to our social media pages for more info. This event will take place on Saturday, October the 30th, and we cannot wait to link to our community with all of you. Now what's even more exciting is what we have planned for the Sunday morning after this. We are planning our first ever baptisms here at Akuo and we want to invite you to get baptized. Now some of you might be like, well, I was baptized as a baby so I don't really need to do this. I totally get that. Your parents loved you a bunch and wanted to make sure that you started your life with Jesus. However, here at Akuo, we celebrate child dedications instead of child baptisms. And the reason for that is because what we, we do what are called believer's baptisms. So here at Akua, we encourage you to get baptized once you understand and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. So that day of baptisms, you are making a public proclamation that you believe in Jesus. And all you're doing is just jumping in the water. Now, if you are someone who decided to believe recently, this would be a great thing for you to participate in. Also, if you were baptized as a baby and you want to stand up in front of everyone and on your own proclaim that you believe in Jesus by yourself, by your own decision, you can get baptized too. Like I said, this will be happening on October 31st, the day after the trunk or treat. Yeah, we're baptizing people in the name of Jesus on Halloween. So if you're interested in this, you can go to our website and click on the sign up link or you can go on our social media. Now, the only reason we're able to do these things is because of your generosity and being in community with you guys. The reason we're able to empower leaders and link to our community is because you give to all of these things. And I want to thank you for that generosity. Because here to Cool Guys, what we do is practice the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, we know that when you trust God, with what you have, there's great blessing. We're asking you to trust God with your family and your children, and you're gonna see blessing by doing that. And the same thing happens when you trust God with your resources, by tithing to your local church. Now, I'm not saying that you're gonna get like a helicopter or a Maserati, or, or you're gonna get like a, a giant load of candy or anything crazy like that, but what you will get is a spiritual blessing. Now, I understand that this might, be the, this might not be the right time for you to do that. You might need help. If that's you, Connect with us, link to us. We want to be linked to you during this tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. 
Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions that are there. We also have our text attached option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to AKUO at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I want you to know that I love you all, and I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So uh, Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, and puts away their phone, I ask that you would speak to them, and I pray that they would hear you. Jesus, I, I pray that as they go throughout their week, that you would just fill these people with grace. Grace for their parents and grace for their children, grace for one another. Lord, I pray for the, the folks that are missing parents or, or had parents mistreat them. I pray that you would step into their lives and fill that role in a way that they've never seen before. Jesus, I, I pray that uh, as, as children, they would follow you in the most amazing, best way possible, and that you would continue to remind them and show them the way to be disciplined and follow the path you have set out for them in a loving way. And we thank you for all of these things, Jesus. We love you, and we pray everything in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. We will see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.